Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies, like... My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. Okay, it is the Lombardi Line. It's a party today on a Friday. Circa, everybody back in control room centers partying. Michael Lombardi's got his Breeders' Cup purple on. I'm Patrick Maher, yeah. live from Los Angeles, as we welcome you in. Of course, this is VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. What's cracking, my man? How are we feeling today? I feel great. You know, I mean, the city of Philly split. They had a one win in the Eagle game, closer than I expected. Disappointed that they didn't cover the first half seven. But, uh, you know, we talked about Houston being a team that was a 50-minute team. I think they proved it to us last night. They played as well as they could play for 50 minutes, and then it fell apart. So, you know, and Verlander kind of surprised everybody with five good innings. And, you know, that catch in the in the, in the in the top bottom of the ninth was remarkable. I Tremendous. mean, that was one of a hell of a – I mean – Tremendous for a kid that grew up as from in Chester, Pennsylvania, and a Phillies fan, kind of comes full circle. But I, I think to me, we owe it to highlight Mattress Mac. I mean, here's a guy that gets harassed by the Philly fans wrongly, but yet this guy donates over 200 mattresses to the veterans. Comes all the way down here to Atlantic City and gives away mattresses. I mean, stand up and give this guy an applause, please. I genuinely felt awful for him when that video was circulating where he was just getting chastised. Like, he's a good person. I know people have an issue with self-promoters, but underneath the promotion, it's benevolence. Like, it's altruism. He's a good dude. Well, I mean, like, I mean, don't don't take Mattress Max self-promotion with Vegas Dave self-promotion. One guy's a liar. <laughs> the other guy's giving back, right? You know? <laughs> like, come on. Like, come what on. To, what happened to you? What happened to your boy? Um, oh, he he did exactly what most scam artists do. He disappeared. You know, he's he's somewhere. He can't. Once you can't lie to people anymore, where do you go? You go undercover. I'm sure he's changed his identity. You know, I'm sure he's yeah. probably somewhere else. I mean, that's the sad part is he actually scammed people along the way. Yeah. And that 100%. and that show gave him that show gave him a platform to do it. You know, it was ridiculous. So that's the World Series. I'll get you an updated price on that. Let's go back to the football. We've got plenty to do today. Vinny's going to stop by. We've got Jeremy Plunk with the Breeders' Cup. So a ton to do on a Friday Lombardi line. Let's start with the Texans. Maybe that's a little bit more, and then we'll get to the Eagles. I, I wrote down they tried. 
They scored the first touchdown of the game. They've got a long way to go. They found a stud with the rookie running back, but they've got a long way to go to build this team into a contender. Why don't we start there? They do cover the number. It closed everywhere 14, a 29-17 winner for Philly. Yeah, I mean, look, the the game kind of ran out of a way for Philly to cover. Philly played better in the fourth. Uh, Obviously, the Texans didn't. But, I mean, there are so many fundamental issues in Houston that that need to be resolved. First of all, let's start at at the most important thing organizations have to have which is which is synergy between personnel and 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 coaching it's alignment really that's the word you're always looking for and nick cesario who has only been in the patriots system and understands it like i do and lovey smith are to me as different as toronto is to to Miami. I mean, just completely different, right? I mean, they're just off. doesn't mean one's right, one's wrong. It's just different. So how this is going to blend to me has always been an issue when they announced Lovey as the hire. So start there. And then offensive coordinator, Pep Hamilton, you know, are they really that good offensively? I mean, it doesn't seem like their passing game is very good. Brandon Cooks, they make a disaster out of that deal. I mean, do they really think they're going to get a two and a four for a guy who's got $18 million guaranteed next year? I mean, seriously. I mean, you're trying to unload the $18 million. You're not, and you're asking for a two? That's kind of unrealistic. So there's a lot of disconnect in this building, and, it, and it's all over, and I don't think it's going to get better anytime soon, frankly. You know, it, it has started when the, after, you know, Bill O'Brien got control of the organization, and it has continued to permeate through there with a lot of bad decisions and no real alignment by this. And most bad organizations look a lot alike. And I think you saw a team that played hard on national television, but just didn't have enough. And I think Philly played their C game and still won by 12. The worst rep of all time, Bill O'Brien, all he, he won football games. All he did is make the postseason and he was making personnel decisions. Now he lit the place on fire on the way out. I think there was a lot going on there, as you know, but the new kind of regime there with the Texans Look, you know the guy that's running it in Cesario, but it does feel like they're a little rudderless and directionless. Yeah. Let me ask you about Mills, the quarterback. I know you like him. I don't think Pep Hamilton's the guy. No offense. He's been around forever. He's been everywhere. Uh, Davis Mills, do you think there's a future with him at quarterback for the Texans? I mean, let me ask you, let me answer your question with a question. If Davis Mills was playing for the Giants, what would he look like? He'd look really good. He'd look really good. Yeah, I think so too. You know, I, I think to me it's once again, we're running my scheme, but, you know, we're not doing anything to help you. I, I, I don't see this, right? So I don't know what to say on Davis Mills. My instincts tells me, and I always go back to the man over my shoulder, what would he think of Davis Mills? And I think he would like him. I think he would like him. I think he would see something in this kid that hasn't been tapped yet. And I think he would be able, and I'm talking about Coach Walsh, I think he would be able to – to, to draw that out. I don't know if he's fully the problem. I think he's been part of the problem, but part of the problem too is their offensive design and execution. It's a design problem as much as a production problem in Houston. And the receivers, I mean, the guy went out there with Philip Dorsett was his best receiver. Look, look, the, the, there's never going to be an alignment here. It's just so hard because I, I will say this. I'm not, like I could never be the general manager of the Houston Texans with Lovey Smith, we see the game completely different. Like, I'm only effective with somebody from that who's been trained like I've been trained. I mean, that's just the way it is. That doesn't mean Wait, I'm right. On. Suss that out. Suss that out a little bit. What do you mean? 
Well, how we see the game, how you see player development, how you see the role of an assistant coach, how you see the offense should run, how you see the defense should play, how situational football is so important, how you, what you emphasize in practice, what you do, how you hold players accountable. All those things, to me, are what I've been trained on, and I would be different than Lovey. Lovey's what I wrote about today in my column that should go up at some point. Lovey's more of a schemer caretaker. You know, it, it's not going to be that way. And so for me, I, I can't really function. I, I function better with a strategist. And that makes me, when I'm not in that environment, makes me a bad scout. When I am in, I'm a better scout. That's just the way it is. I know who I am. And I know it doesn't work. I know it doesn't work when I'm not with somebody that I have complete alignment with in terms of the vision of the team. Just a quick shout, the Lombardi look ahead every Friday. VEASAN pros get it exclusively. I've got a team that, unfortunately, could have been run by Michael Lombardi. I'll get to that in a little bit. I've got a bottom five quarterback that surprised me. And also in the power ratings, I, I focused on one team that surprised me. We'll get to all that throughout the next two hours. Uh, I think Davis Mills, I, I'm sorry, I'm into him. I, I, I think you, he has what you're looking for. If Dayball had him with that size and that arm strength, and the ability to control Pep Hamilton's been doing this for a long time. I'm sorry. The weird part and, and is not, and and he made a living with Andrew Luck, but you got Andrew Luck, it's different, right? That's different. So that's different. I mean, this is not the same, and this offense isn't the same. You know what was interesting last night is how the Eagles didn't even match. They they would get in three tight ends and the Eagles stayed in their nickels. Like they didn't even they didn't play what I call the Gene Rayburn match game. You know, and and that's the game that everybody wants you to play in football, right? Remember Gene Rayburn with the microphone and the, the match yeah. game? You know how that went? Well, match game in football is, you know, I, I have all these TV uh, sitcom names for the battleship football, match game. Well, match game is when I put – I used to say this all the time, but we had a defense coordinator uh, of the Raiders. And it, say the last play of the game. He loved match game. He loved playing match game. So let's just say the ball's at midfield. The last play of the game, we're winning by four. If the opponent put short yardage out there, there's six seconds to go in the game. If the opponent put short yardage out there, he would put he would match short yardage. He would match the personnel, right? They're in short yardage. We got to go to short yards. When there's six seconds left, they could we can't lose the game if they run a short yardage play. Who cares, right? Like they have to throw the ball in the end zone. But there's some coaches that play match game. They can't help themselves. They love it. Gene Rayburn would be their idol. So because of that. You know, last night, the Eagles really didn't play match game, and they basically said to the Texans, you, you want to run the ball? Go ahead. We'll play nickel. You're never going to make a play in the passing game that's going to beat us. You kept the game close, but you're never going to get control of this game because we're not going to play that game with you. We will get to the Eagles coming up in just a minute and kind of look forward historically where they stand now 8-0. But just quickly, and we'll finish up on the Texans. What's weird about what you said is, again, Cesario brought up there in New England with Belichick, and he turns around and hires Lovey. Like, I, it just was the oddest hire at the time. And, again, uh, it was easy. I mean, he goes, right, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, if it's like, okay, maybe they wanted to hire – I was told they wanted to hire Brian Flores – but Brian Flores filed the lawsuit, which took him out of that. Okay, fine. You know, they brought Jara Mayo in. He didn't fit. But still, you've got to find somebody that fits or do what Philadelphia's done, as I wrote about. Philadelphia said, okay, we can't find a strategist, but let's find somebody that we can manage and help along. 
and they did with Seriani. That's to me would have been the better course to go in in, in Houston. And no, look, Lovey's had his opportunities in Tampa. He's had them in Chicago. He went to the Super Bowl in Chicago with Rex Grossman at quarterback. So that's a tribute to Lovey. But the last two stops have not been very fruitful. Oh, Lovey's had his chances now. Lovey even dipped into a big time program in Illinois. Now, again, you categorize Illinois how you want, but it's a well, it's Belima's a doing. I mean, category. I mean, look at Belima's doing a hell of a job there. Doing a hell of a job there. Doing a hell of a job. It's a Power Five job, and you know, Tampa Bay, Chicago for years. Now another opportunity. Lovey's a good guy, and people like Lovey, but it, it's an uninspiring situation there with the Eagles. Excuse me, with the Texans. Speaking of the Eagles, they're starting to enter a little. Uh, historic territory with their 8-0 starts. The first time in franchise history they've started 8-0. Let's do this when we come back. What you like and maybe ways that betters can pick them apart. I'll go along with your game show theme. Remember Chuck Woolery? We'll be yeah. back in 2-2. Two two. With the gong <laughs> what show. Was, what was gong the dating? Was it the dating game? No, it was called the gong show. The gong show. That's what it was. Yeah. This is not the gong show. It's a Lombardi line. We're back in two and two. I, with I made a lot of next. money on the gong show. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v Featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, VEASAN, remember, if you become a VEASAN pro, I just talked about the Lombardi look-ahead. That article is exclusive for VEASAN pros, also point spread weekly, and the betting guides. I just got an email from a friend of mine who is going through the college football betting guides still, and he says it's unbelievable. You can get that. It's 99 bucks through the Super Bowl. So again, remember, if $99 sounds like a lot, it's not, because you get everything we offer, including the betting splits, part of the pro tools, pro picks. We do the work for you. We give you some winners and pro tips, 20 plus a day. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. It's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Okay, it's a game show Friday here on the Lombardi line. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. We got the squad. I like the no whammy, no whammy, no whammy, and they hit the button. Remember that game? What was that? Yeah. 
I, Press I, your I luck. forget that. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, the game show I was referring to that I made a lot of money. when I With the drinking age when I was growing up here in New Jersey was 18. So I was bartending and the day shift down in this town called Sea Isle. And at 1230 on Channel 6 here in Philadelphia, this game show would come on called The Gong Show. And it was with Chuck Berry. And people would try to perform acts. And if they were good, they, they would go. But if they weren't, they got gonged, you know. And literally everybody came off the beach at 12.15, ordered a beer, got a, got a roast pork sandwich or a roast beef sandwich and, you know, and watched the show and then went back to the beach. And I must, and I killed it. I, like, I was making more money than I ever knew what to do with it. It was the greatest gig of all. And, 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 and by 2 o'clock, by 2 o'clock, I was the lonely bartender. There was nobody in the joint. It was amazing. So, so you would bet literally on if, if the axe passed or got gonged? Yeah, they would get gonged, and then they would go. You know, this is great. It was unbelievable, and it was only for a half a Monday through Friday, and that was the and that was the only shifts I could get because everybody else wanted the better shifts. It's just like it was the perfect storm. I'm like, I, you know, and I was walk out of there with seventy five dollars for an hour's worth of work. I'm like, oh man, I'm rich. Watch see, out. See, because of your profession, the gambling didn't kind of parlay itself into your career. But you know, growing—if you're watching or listening to Veasan, you probably did a lot of this. We used to in college, we'd bet on Madden, the video game, like incessantly. But also, remember Regis and Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? We used yeah. to bet on contestants. Like literally, all our money from waiting tables would go towards betting on the contestants there and Who Wants yeah. to Be a Millionaire. I, I love. There's a scene in the great, great movie, Nobody's Fool where they're sitting in the bar and they're watching the the court, you know, they're watching the judge show. I forget which one it is. And they're all betting on what the verdict's going to be, you know? <laughs> so you good. sleep on, listen, I, I mean this judge Judy, you sleep on her. Cause that she gets it done. Like she takes, oh, this no, was judge. I think no they flat. were watching judge. They were watching judge Wapner. I think on Wapner, this Wapner yeah. was my guy. Okay. Um, so I don't know if you've heard, you're close to Philadelphia there, but the Eagles are 8-0. That's the first time in franchise history. Let me give you some historical context. They're now one of 29 teams in the Super Bowl era to start 8-0. And uh, the 28 others, 15, this is a good stat from CBS today, 15 made it to the Super Bowl and 8 won the title. So history is on the Eagles' side with this start. Uh, I yeah. wrote down in my notes for the Eagles you know, it was choppy, workmanlike, Hertz was efficient. And here's what I wrote down with Hertz, and it's something you and I have discussed. The intangible that's going to get him paid is his leadership. The team loves him. You can tell they yeah. ga they galvanize around him. No doubt. I mean, look, let's let's be clear. This is how effective and efficient Philadelphia has been on offense this year. They have only committed three turnovers through eight games. Three. Three. And so when you have this differential in turnovers like they do, they're number one in the league in protecting the ball. They're number one in the league in turning the ball over. That, and then with, without, without even saying another thing after that, that's all you need to say. That's incredible. They're really yeah. good. And I thought they played their – you know, we've talked about this with, with the ball. They're on the Gonzaga schedule, right? So they're really not going to get challenged. I mean, they have 10 days until the Commodores come to town. We'll see. They go play the Colts. I mean, they have Green Bay and Tennessee and the Giants in the late after Thanksgiving. I, I think they'll lose one of those games. I really do. And I don't think they'll mind losing one of those games. I think they're, they know they need to get tested. They know they need to be in a fight. They tried to make it last night that that was a fight when everybody knew there was no way the Texans were winning the game. Now, I, 
everybody thought the Texans might keep it close and, you know, all that. But there was never a sense watching that game last night that you felt like the Texans were ever going to steal the win. Never. No, I would agree with that. It was a mismatch. And you talk about the schedule, so we can go there. You know, some of the do- some of the doubters, as far as the Eagles, would, would point to. They beat the Lions, they beat the Vikings, they beat Washington, they beat the Jags, they beat the Cards, Cowboys with Rush, the Steelers, and now the Texans. So for betters moving forward, because it's not a tough schedule, is it a bit of a paper tiger, or is this a team that is legit? Well, they can't control who they play, right? I mean, and they've dominated everybody they played. I mean, now, where there's a little bit of leaky oil is because they've been willing to let you run the ball. I mean, last night, they, they the, the, the Texans ran for 168. They only threw for 135. The week before, the Steelers ran for 144, only threw for 158. The week before that, Dallas ran for 134, only threw for 181. So, you know, like in Detroit, the opening game of the year, Detroit – actually played, might have played their best game. They, they had 205 yards passing, 181 yards rushing. So they had some balance in that game. Uh, I think, to me, it's going to take a certain kind of team. It's going to take and, – and Houston had the element of the team, right? What, it's going to take a fast defensive line, a Jerry Hughes-type edges. San Francisco has that. It's going to take some stoutness inside. San Francisco has that. It's going to take linebackers that tackle really well. San Francisco has that. And it's going to take an offense that can control the football with balance. San Francisco has that too. So I think the divisional title, to me, it looks like it's coming down the road. It's going to be San Francisco-Philly. They're the two best teams in the NFC. The Rams the Rams are not good. You know, the Rams are a brand, but they're not good. Seattle's better at being the Rams than the Rams are being the Rams. I agree. Seattle runs the Rams' offense. So I, I, when I watch Philly, I, I just – there's nothing you can, can do. Now, how you attack them, how you strategize to play them, that's interesting because I think what you've seen over since probably the turnover fest with Jacksonville in, what, week four, the Eagle offense hasn't been as explosive as we've seen it been earlier in the year. I mean, think about this, Patrick. Now, other than Pittsburgh and other than the first game of the season, Pittsburgh off the bye, opening of the season, they're the only times they've gotten the scoreboard into the 30s. Their schedule is impossibly good. Now, th- what I mean by that is you mentioned the week seven by kind of perfect. And then they go Pittsburgh. It wasn't a tough game. Then they go Texans. Now, remember, they don't play until next Monday night. So they've got 11 days and they got the Commodores. And then after that, it's Indy and Green Bay. Like, it's just it's setting up nicely. Jordan Davis is out the big kid in the in, in the middle. So he'll he'll get healthy. But again, Hargrave had six tackles and three sacks. Defense had two interceptions. It was workmanlike victory, but they were just so much better than the Texans. So much better. And that the, as long as they didn't turn it over, and they've only had three turnovers all season. They only had three turn. If they don't turn it over and you turn it over, the chances of you winning is, is, is great. And so even though they were sloppy last night where they had a fumble in the pocket, you know, I didn't think that they played their best. They played a C game and won by 12. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, whenever I, it's the first thing I do when I look at the box is you look at turnovers and penalties, and then you kind of spider off from there, and they haven't turned the football over. Four for four in the red zone. Miles Sanders, 17 carries, 93 rush, so he hits the over prop. Goddard, eight, 100, and a touchdown. I mean, it's just the team's loaded. Roseman's done a good job putting this team together. Let me ask you about the coach, because you wrote about the coach in the Lombardi look ahead. What has attributed, what do you attribute the success for Sirianni to? 
I think what Sirianni has done is kept his ego out of it, right? So what, one of the things I've learned through this whole thing is I have always been a big believer in the power of the of somebody organizing the organization, the head coach, you know, the Walsh, the Belichick type model. Well, I think what Philadelphia realizes they can't that model doesn't exist. They had it with Andy Reid. It really doesn't exist. So they've had kind of I've often said this about Philadelphia. They value the organization, the the power of the organization more than just a head coach. And Sirianni's come in and really done a nice job. Now, they've gotten Jonathan Gannon to change what he does structurally defensively. You know, they're analytical based. They're also implementation of the analytics as it applies to the personnel. They're fitting personnel to where they want to go. I think that's a credit to them. And offensively, I know they want to throw the ball. I know Jeff Lurie believes in throwing the ball. But they've adapted to the six-back offense because it gives them the best chance at the quarterback that they have. It gives them the best chance at the quarterback that they have. I truly would. I, I truly think if they felt like they could improve and get a pure passer that would throw it, they might go down that road. But what they are dealing with, they're managing correctly. They're no different than the Giants. They just have a better offensive line, a better defensive line, and a better team. But they're they're managing the game correctly. Sirianni deserves a lot of the credit. I think the organization does as well because I think when you, if you study Sirianni's background, I can't imagine this is all coming from him. Also, what's going to get Hurts paid is he's not turning the football over. Like, yes, you'd prefer a better thrower of the football, but he's not turning the football over. And if you're not going to turn the yeah. football over with a really well-rounded team like this, you're going to win a lot of football games. Yep. Right. I agree. I mean, look, but can he make these throw? Can he make throws in the playoffs? That still hasn't been answered. Well, that's the question. That that we'll we'll, we'll get that answer because they're going to be in the postseason. When we come back, Michael Lombardi's line of the week. It's a little fishy. That's next. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, Express Bet, sign up to bet the Breeders' Cup with Horse Racing's number one app. That's First Bet, and get a $10 free bet. So when you sign up right now, you get 10 bucks free, and then you can get 100% match of your first deposit up to $200. It's a great deal. You have to use the promo code HORSE200 to claim your offer. Breeders' Cup's picks and insights at vcin.com are brought to you by First Bet. Go to vcin.com slash horses for details, including how to get the Breeders' Cup wagering guide that's vcin.com slash horses and a matter of fact we're gonna have jeremy plonk our buddy on in about 60 minutes to talk breeders cup here on the lombardi line as we welcome you back can we just kind of pick up that conversation quickly then i'll transition into that lombardi line that you found fishy in the look ahead the you were talking about the titans game do you want to kind of just yeah. pick up that conversation and that number michael go ahead i mean so i i had this game as an 11.75 game and i and i think the line has been set because I think the book believes Willis is playing, not Tannehill. And I would be all over the 12 and a half if it, I thought Tannehill was playing. My numbers on Tennessee are a little higher, you know, especially in the power rating because they started so slow. But the last five weeks, they've been very good defensively. They've improved defensively. But this challenge is in Kansas City is a lot different with Malik Willis that it's going to be last week in Houston with against uh you know against Davis Mills and all that group down there. So that's why I think this line's at 12 and a half and I think the announcement hasn't come out. The line has moved in that direction. But I think ultimately this will get to 13 and through 13 once Willis is announced as the starter. I believe that. You know, and I think in the contest, 
I think the contest has it at 12 and a half. I would say it's probably will be the number one pick team in the contest because Willis is playing and how is he going to, you know, he can't throw it 10 times in Kansas. He's going to get behind in the game. It's going to be hard. Andy Reid off a bye week. Come on. Betters agree with you. Tennessee, Kansas City, that Sunday night, that opened 11. It's all the way up to 12 and a half. I think you're right. I think I think the market, I think the betters, and I think the books all think it's going to be Willis. Uh, Schefter reporting that Tannehill didn't practice. You know, the problem, you just nailed it with Willis. If he gets behind, not only do they not trust him to throw the football, I don't think he's prepared to throw the football right now. Plus, their offensive line is a disaster. Their offensive line is a complete, it's not very good. I mean, they can run block, and the back's tremendous, but... You know, one thing we know, if, you, if you're if you down 14, it's hard to keep giving the ball to the run, running back. you got to play almost perfectly for that to happen. And I, I just don't see it. They don't have enough skill. And Spagnola's not Lovey Smith. He's going to have every run blitz known to mankind to stop Henry. He might break one or two, but uh, like Buffalo. Yeah, you broke one or two, but, you know, okay, we're tied at seven. We're tied at halftime last night, 14-14. We still win by 12. Okay, Jim Brown was a big guy. Top of mind, can you think of a bigger uni- unicorn than Henry? Here's the thing with Derrick Henry. I didn't think the speed, he looks faster in the NFL than he did in college. You don't generally see yeah. that, right? We didn't know if the quick twitch and the, and the speed would translate from college to the pros. He looks faster as a pro, but also just his build. I don't think there's ever been an athlete like him playing the position, has there? I mean, do you remember Chuck Muncie? You remember the great I Chuck Muncie? I, I, didn't, I didn't get to see him. No. He was he was another big, tall, a lot of surface to tackle with great quickness, great change of direction. You know, what I missed on Henry coming out, I thought Henry, the reason he went in the third round is I think a lot of people thought, like I was thinking, that once he was redirected, once penetration in the backfield occurred, he was not going to be able to get going again. He didn't have that Fred Flintstone ability to move his feet and get the car going, right? So, right. you know, he proved that wrong. And I think you're right. I think he has improved his speed. What I, what I admire about Henry more than anything is his ability to continue to, car- to carry the load. I know he got hurt last year, but, like, when you get 400 carries, your body wears Same. down. This kid hasn't worn down. It's really a tribute to him. It's been remarkable. So, yeah, I mean, these bigger backs. I mean, Eddie George is another guy that was huge. Good one. Eddie George Good is a one. big man. You know, so they're hard to tackle, but they tend to wear down. This kid has been very resilient. Eddie George is a great one. You see Eddie George in person, you say, wait, isn't that, that's a tight end, right? No, it's a running back? Yeah. Wow. And Derrick Henry's going straight, he's going to go straight to the Hall of Fame. Had a great career. Okay, let's get to a number that I think is, this game is fascinating on a multitude of levels. Seattle's at Arizona, and Arizona's lane two. Arizona was three and five last year at home. They're one and three this year at home. They don't have a home field. And you can look into Mackinnon for VEASAN pros, VEASAN.com slash subscribe. He wrote about the home field advantage for both college and pro. I'm not so sure the right team is favored with Seattle and Arizona here. That's what I said. I don't understand why Arizona is favored against anyone the way they've played the last five weeks. It's 19 to nine, the game in Seattle, you know, and, and Seattle moved the ball. I mean, you know, what, what, Murray was able to do. He had 10 carries for 100 yards. But when they got close to the red zone, they turned it over. They didn't get it on fourth down. And here's, the, to me, the most interesting point about that game. Seattle's playing better on defense than they did in that game. Now, they're playing better now than they did then. And so I don't understand why the shift. You know, now I know Hopkins is back, and that certainly will change. But I think when you look at Seattle last week, you know, Geno didn't have his best numbers, but it, the numbers would have looked a lot different if Lockett catches that touchdown pass, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, 
They held Seattle, excuse me, they held Arizona at 160 yards passing in that game. You know, and, and they and when they got the ball into the red zone, they really couldn't do anything with it. So I think to me, or I think to me, this is a game where, you know, that Seattle's defense, especially when you go back to the end of the year last year, where Seattle had nothing to play for, Arizona had everything to play for, and Ari- and they just went down there and really did a great job of controlling them in the pocket, handling them. You know, look, in the last game they played in Seattle, the 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 Cardinals ran for 144 yards. 100 of those yards came on 10 carries from Murray. Like, are they going to be able to do this now? You know, the key has been Arizona has forced two turnovers every single week since the Atlanta – excuse me, Seattle has forced two turnovers every single week since the Atlanta game. They get So if they do that against this team, then it'll be really hard. I, I think to me this should either be a pick em game or Seattle should be favored. I don't know how Seattle, Arizona's get, yeah, how's giving. I, I totally agree. Seattle's covered three straight and four of their last five. Arizona's been bad at home. They've been bad in division. Arizona's 0-5 outright and ATS their last five games against division opponents. So here comes the Seahawks. So much has been made about Geno Smith. But let's go back to the defense. This was considered to be Seattle's defense coming in just on paper, considered to be bottom three coming into the year. How has Pete Carroll done this? I mean, they've gotten younger. And I would say this, watching them on tape this week, they are fast. They are very fast athletically. And they tackle. They tackled better against the New York football giants than any team has. Now, you say that's not a big deal. Yeah, it is. Getting Barkley on the ground is hard. Barkley makes a lot of large after contact. The giants make a living because they don't throw it down the field because their quarterback, they don't want them to throw it down the field. They have to make a living on yards after the catch. They've got to catch a screen and go with it. They've got to catch a tight end screen and go. And Seattle has done a great job of tackling. A great job. Nobody's asking for Jamal Adams anymore. Isn't that remarkable? You know, and so they've done a great job of tackling. They're very fast on defense, and they've been able to get pressure on the quarterback. And they've improved in every statistical category in the last three weeks. And all this has been done with with the fact that the one area they're not good in, Patrick, is they haven't been very good in the red zone. They're 31st in the red zone on offense. If they clean that up a little bit, if they get better at scoring, right? If they get better at scoring, they're going to even be a better team as they move forward. And they went to a school you don't think of defense, but they may have found Bobby Wagner's replacement. That Jordan Brooks from Texas Tech is oh. very good. Go back and look at what, what, what Schneider got for that, for that draft. Or how could you take this guy in the first round? Yep. He's a Everybody little guy. You know, I mean, last, you know, like what he's doing this year is no secret. He led the league in tackles last year. The guy is a tackling machine. He's all over the place. You know, and Cody Barton has been a nice player for them. They signed this kid from the Chargers, who I can't pronounce his name, Nawasu, who who gives them some rush off the edge. And and their rookie class, I mean, this Woolen kid that they drafted has been very good for him. From Cincinnati, he's a tall corner. He's played really well. So, like, look, I, I just think, to me, they have done a really good job of of fixing what they've done. The Wolu's from Texas San Antonio. I'm sorry. The other kid that they drafted is from is from is from Tennessee. Is from Cincinnati. Played the opposite corner to Gardner Bart Bryant. So, I just think to me they've done a great job of repairing this defense. They like the big cornerbacks. They got a great linebacker. Uh, offense. You know, it's so funny because the narrative has completely flipped. We joked about this team being in contention for one of the young quarterbacks coming out of college. Now it looks like Geno's going to be there next year. 
and all of a sudden they're in contention. They're in first place in division. Like this yeah. is this is why we love the league. Well, they got two road games, so they go down. They 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 have Arizona this week. Then they go to Tampa. They have the bye, right? And then they come back, and then they have six straight. They have six home games in Seattle. They only have to go on the road twice. I think they go to Kansas City and they go to Los Angeles to play the Rams. But other than that, that's it. So if they can split the next two games, you know, they end up going into the bye week six and four with six home games with with six home games to play and and only two or or five home game, whatever it is. You know, it's a pretty good pretty good gig. Yeah, they're five and three straight up. They're five and three ATS. The Seahawks, just a wonderful year. And, and you know, it's funny. Carroll kind of gets. Sometimes the butt of jokes, but hell of a coach. He's going to the Hall hell of Fame. Of a coach. Really, I mean, really gets, good coach. Yeah, everybody wants to criticize him for his game, you know, his challenges and all that. But at the end of the day, measure a coach, does he get the team better? And he does. Two more big-time wide receivers have been shut down for the season. We'll talk about the impact betting-wise. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, BetMGM customers, do you have a friend? Well, if you do and they like sports and sports betting, here's a chance for both of you to earn $50 in bonuses when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign up into your BetMGM account and you can click on it. You'll see the Refer a Friend. You send your friend a message. They sign up. They get 50 bucks. You get 50 bucks. Boom, it's settled. bonus for a friend right now. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Got to be 21 years or older. If you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. We're back. Lombardi line. He's Michael Lombardi. Of course, I'm Patrick Maher. As we get into a couple things here, one... uh, This these stories broke after the show last night, so I'll be curious to get your take. You know, the Michael Thomas situation with the Saints, and I'll set up their number this week, but he's out. He's been put on the IR. Michael Thomas, of course, the wide receiver. When he plays, he's great. He's going to undergo toe surgery, out at least four games, likely done for the season. 
It has been a weird few years with Thomas and the Saints together. Yeah, no doubt. And they're going to have cap issues next year like they always do. And so, like, what are they going to do with them? I mean, he's their leading charge right now in terms of their cap. You know, and and next year and next year he's due to make eighteen point five, uh, fifteen point five million, and he's got another five hundred thousand dollars in per game roster bonuses. So his charge next year is twenty eight million against their cap, twenty eight million. That's when he makes the huge jump, and that's when he'll be. You know, he's going to be at that point. I think he's going to be almost thirty. Yeah, he'll be thirty years old at that. And he's got a huge amount of acceleration that trails him. He's got $25 million of acceleration. So, I mean, you, know, you got a contract, and, and his contract voids after the 25 season. So if you were able to ship him somewhere and some team took a chance on him to get him healthy, you know, they're only going to get the two years, right? So it's a cheap dumber, and I'm sure somebody would take a chance. But one thing we learned is history teaches us past performance predicts future. If you've been hurt a lot, Julio Jones, are you surprised he's hurt in Tampa? He's been hurt a lot. Same thing with Michael Thomas. I also think it's just kind of been a weird marriage because there's been off. Like, it seems like he and the organization haven't seen eye to eye. I'll just put it that way with Thomas. And it's the reporting is always nebulous. By the way, they're going to be hosting Baltimore on Monday night, that being the Saints. And it's interesting because Circus sitting one and a half and DraftKings is two and a half. So Baltimore is laying anywhere from one and a half to two and a half at the Saints coming up Monday night. Yeah, I think Baltimore finally played really well last week defensively. They were very in control of that game against the Raiders. They punched the Raiders in the mouth. The Raiders didn't respond, and they were able to stop the Raiders. And then offensively, they kind of found their groove with their six-back offense, you know, using Dalton, using Tyson, Tyson Hill. Uh, so – I mean, I think that they're playing at the at a higher level than they have at any point during the season. This will be a challenge, I think, for Baltimore. I really do. I think that with Camaro playing the way he is, the diversity of their offense, having to prepare for two teams are going to run the six-back offense against one another. Baltimore now with Roquan Smith at linebacker. What do they do? They move Queen over. I think it's a pick'em game. And you know, obviously, when you got the greatest field goal kicker in the world. Going against Will Lutz, you're going to favor Baltimore in this game. But I, I kind of like the Saints the way they played last week. I think they're getting better. Crushing news. Stick with the game for the Ravens. Rashad Bateman, second-year player. All the talent in the world, but the injuries. Liz Frank, he's shut down for the year. What, what does this mean for the Ravens? Not just this week, this Monday, but long-term this season. Well, I think this. I think Will... Likely, the kid that they drafted from Coastal Carolina, the big tight end out of, in the fourth round, I think because Andrews got hurt, this is a really good thing. And, and so this, because now, what have I often said about Lamar Jackson? He needs inside receivers. So getting finding another tight end that they trust. Now, likely had a great summer. He was really good this summer, but they haven't really integrated him into the offense very much. But because Andrews got hurt, they got him back. Remember the best season that Lamar had was when he had both Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews. When he has those two tight end combinations, he's deadly. Think about this now, Patrick. Of all the targets this season, of all the targets, 64 of the times that Lamar Jackson's dropped back to pass, he's thrown the ball in Mark Andrews' direction. There's only one other receiver that's within 30 of them, and that's Devin DuVernay. He's got 32. So it's really I'm looking at one guy. And now likely he's got 25, but he hasn't played a lot. 
So we're going to start to see the two tight end offense, and I think that's going to really make Baltimore a little bit better. I, I think they spend way too much resources on outside receivers when they need inside receivers. Never quite understood why they let Hurst go to Atlanta because that Hurst is a very good pass catcher. He's not Andrews, but he's not too far behind. And you almost like that security. You know he loves to seam it, like go right down the middle. Why would they – that two tight end mix with running the football was the perfect recipe for Baltimore. I think that's where they have to go. I think they need to be in there. I mean, what you want to encourage – when you're, if you're Baltimore, is you want the nobody wants to play base against Baltimore. Nobody wants to match game Baltimore. They want to stay at nickel. Why do you want to stay in nickel so you get more speed on the field to handle this quarterback who's hard to tackle? Guy averages seven point four yards a carry. You know, he carries the ball almost ten times a game. You know, so if he's carrying it ten times a game, he's averaging he's going to get seventy yards somewhere in the game. You got to stop that. You got to handle that. So you need more athleticism on the field. And because of that, you got to play some form of a nickel, whether it's a big nickel or not. But if you got tight ends on the field where you can run the ball effectively, now you can run them out of it. And it's hard. It becomes a little bit of a how do we handle this? And it gives Baltimore advantages, particularly when you look at the targets. Like the fact that likely hasn't played a lot and he's third on the team in targets. It just tells you what you need to know about Lamar, where he wants to throw the ball. Big wide receivers going down into, as far as the Ravens and Bateman, and then, of course, Thomas in New Orleans. They face off Monday night. So one of your mentors, and you got to work with Al Davis. The more I hear you talk about Al Davis, the more I read about Al Davis, I become fascinated with him because he was an independent thinker. He was an innovator. The new generation thinks of him as wearing a tracksuit and being kind of crazy, but he's one of the smartest football minds of all time. In 1973, he did something that was fascinating. He drafted a punter in the first round at 23. That punter, Ray Guy, most known as most consider him to be the greatest punter of all time, died yesterday. But I thought we'd take a second. Remember, in the 60s into the 70s, the punters were like the quarterbacks as well. There wasn't like they weren't respected as standalone guys that you'd use. But Davis focused on Guy and said, look, we're winning championships. He can help us so much with field position. And he drafted a punter in the first round. That was unthinkable then. Well, I mean, because field position is so important. I mean, field position is so critically important. And the fact that this guy could get you out of a hole and then, you know, the way they play defense with the man-to-man press, bump and run, wear you down, you know, set the edge on both sides. It just fit kind of what they wanted to do. And so it, it, it really, like, it, it, it becomes, I know analytics would say you don't need it, but it, it's an important part. I mean, think about Steve Weatherford. The guy didn't win the MVP of the Super Bowl when the Giants beat the Patriots, but he should have. He should have. It was the reason the Patriots' best starting field position that day was the 24-yard line. He should have. It matters. The kicking game, this is why I read something yesterday. You know, Rich Passacci hasn't helped the, the Packers' special teams. Well, of course he's not going to help the special teams of the Packers. The head coach could care less about special teams. Passacci's only going to be as good as the importance you place in it. When you don't care about it, when you just go through the motions with it, when you don't care who punts or you don't care who, who, who controls field position, you know, you don't put any importance into it. Al did. Al valued, Al valued special teams. He valued short yardage defense immensely. Goal line defense was his baby. Loved it. Loved it. 
You know, now what he didn't want to do is he didn't want to use great players in the kicking game. He didn't want to get them hurt there, but he wanted to be great in the kicking game. And Guy and having a kicker were important to him. I mean, look, the guy comes in the league. He only has three punts blocked in his whole entire career out of 1,049 punts. I just, the Al Davis just kind of being his own person, because like you said, in 73, like people were like, wait, you're drafting a punter? Like, what are you doing? And, you know, coming out of Southern Miss, people knew what guy was about. But, I mean, Al circled the guy he wanted, and he went and got him in the first round. He wasn't worried well, about goes, the perception. It goes back to what Walsh said. It doesn't matter where we draft it, it matter how else we play. You know, so if you say you're getting a Hall of Fame punter at 23, do you take it? You know? If you say you're getting a starting left guard in Cole Strange, who's a good player, maybe, you know, would you take, are you going to get mad for taking him in the first round? Well, you could have had him later. Okay, maybe I could have had him later, but maybe I couldn't have. So I, I think you got to, you know, we get so caught up in, this is the most ridiculous thing of all, and great, great strategists of the NFL, the Al Davises, the Bill Walsh, the Bill Belichicks, they don't adhere to this theory. They adhere to it doesn't matter where we pick them, it matters how they play. The other guys, it matters where you pick them, so you get that A, you know? You got to get that A, Patrick. Well, he drafted him in the first round, and he went to the Hall of Fame. Ray Guy passes away at the age of 73 yesterday. Okay, coming up next, we've got college football tonight as well. We'll ask Vinny about oh Pac-12 after dark. Two, two pretty good teams, Oregon State and UMass Washington and at Husky U- UMass Stadium. UMass and UConn. Oh, I'm ready oh, for that one tonight. Two of the worst teams ever. We'll be back. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.